Hello, all of you out there in podcast land. I'm Sully, the policy and PR director for How We Manage. Hey, podcast land, this is me, Maddie. <laughs> yes, Maddie, thank you. And this is Mr. Skippy. Say hi, Skippy. Do you know how to build an agile organization? Yes. Over here, Master. Let him finish the intro. The intro. <laughs> <clears throat> Building an agile company is harder than you think. Oh, yes, it is. It is much, much more than just delivering working code. It really requires you to start at the beginning when you are creating your governance. We will learn how agile governance can make or break a company in an episode we're entitling Reinventing Invisible Friend. I think we really need to give your listeners a sketch of the backstory before we begin. They will be unable to appreciate the lesson completely without the backstory. Exactly right. How We Manage Stuff is an educational company that trains engineers and managers of engineers and people who are developing technology for goods and services. In our efforts to expand organizational and technological skills, we volunteer at a primary school that is located next to our Silicon Valley office. The Lillian Moeller Gilbreth School for Disruptive Innovation, named for the pioneering managerial consultant Lillian Moeller Gilbreth. Oh, she was the first woman member of the National Academy of Engineering. I know the names of all the women who are members of the National Academy of Engineering. <laughs> Miss Maddie. And of course, this is Penelope, the principal of the Gilbreth School. Lillian Moeller Gilbreth School. Yes, I am. Over the past year, we have been working with one of our students at the school, Miss Madison, the eight-year-old entrepreneur. That's me. She had created a small school startup. That's what we call these projects, a school startup, because we want the little entrepreneurs to feel that they are really running a business. It was called Invisible Friend, and I was founding CEO. Yes, dearie, that is right. And it did well, remarkably well indeed. Miss Madison created an app and had a business plan that was truly ready for success, as we like to say at the Lillian Muller Gilbreth School. And she hit some problems executing the plan. Well, well, it wasn't me. It was Joey. He was a contractor. Thank you, Skippy. Be careful there, Master. Let him go. And this is Vinny. He's the CTO of How We Manage Stuff. He was acting as a mentor to Invisible Friend because he had a successful startup in the early days of the personal computer. Oh, my, yes. Side Pocket. It was such an innovative company. Up there with all the great firms of the age, Borland, WordPerfect, Novell. And then it just innovated itself out of existence. We are just so honored to have you associated with the Lillian Muller Gilbert School. Well, I've enjoyed every moment of it. But Invisible Friend ran into some problems. Its technical Joey. staff wasn't able to deliver a product on time. And Maddie had to surrender control <laughs> of the company. But Maddie has an idea for a new startup. So we thought we could illustrate the nature of agile governance by following the story of this new company, which is... Watcher Dogs. It's called Watcher Dogs. And I'm going to be the CEO, just like Invisible Friend. And, and Skippy will be CDO, Chief dog officer. <laughs> and our first step is going to be to incorporate watchdogs and create an agile governance structure. And I think that this is premature. Premature. Miss Madison is only in the second grade, grade and has not been introduced to corporate structures yet. It will be better, much better if we get this operating as another school startup, just like Invisible Friends. Mm, we can't. <laughs> what do you mean, Madison? Daddy cut out my credit card. I don't understand. Daddy cut up my credit cards, except for the ones for clothes and stuff, food he and clothes. Wouldn't. Really? He did, but it really is an opportunity. Invisible Friend was a management and governance failure. 
Maddie was able to demonstrate the proof of her idea, but she wasn't able to get the right support for her decision. Ah, so we're we? going to rebuild Invisible Friend from scratch. Get a real board, raise some real money, and get Maddie a real company that can make good decisions. I don't understand why I have to have a board of directions. I'm going to be CEO. I make the decision. Because it's not going to be your money. But it's my company. But it won't be your money. It will be your investor's money. Remember, mm, Daddy? Yeah. But surely you can't be serious. She's a minor. A Not a problem. Her parents made the board of directors her legal guardian for business purposes. Daddy's in Here's Dubai, the power of the term. Or is, is he with his friend Dubai? And mommy's is shopping well, in I, Isn't there a conflict of interest here? The parents will have a representative oh, on our board. Okay. But I would think that it would still be more disruptive, more agile even, if the company were a school startup without a board. It would allow Miss Madison to be so much more agile without a group of old men looking after her. Remember, agile is actually if an operational issue. I could interject issue. here, at how we manage stuff, we don't view agility as merely an operational issue. It, it is a way of thinking about your entire company, starting with the board, moving through the senior personnel, capital investment staff hires, and ending with operational decisions. Sully has it right. No matter what version of agile development you use, be it straight agile or scrum or extreme programming, you're dealing with a very fundamental issue of business. How do you maximize efficiency and maximize flexibility while minimizing the resources that you consume? And no matter what the modern agile partisans think, this problem is as old as business itself. For example, I have here a 1925 article from Ralph E. Flanders that proposes an agile method for making cars and a 19th century French managerial textbook that presages the modern agile movement. Can I read it in the original or should but I translate? I'm CEO. Why can't I just tell the board to be agile? Be agile. I'll tell them. Scrum, scrum, scrum. Because they are the board and they will be your boss. Nuh-uh. I'm the CEO. I'm there to get a good return on their investments. Well, yes. <laughs> But if you don't get the return that they want, they will find someone else who but can. But if I'm CEO... Remember what I told you about Carly Fiorino. Her board fired her because she didn't do what they wanted. Oh, yeah. And Marissa Meyer, but she could be in trouble. Could, but could they just fire me anytime? They couldn't. Well, there are things called corporate bylaws that explain how the board makes decisions. Bylaws? Bylaws. Then let's make the... Bylaws say that they can never fire me because I'm Maddie, the CEO, and it will be my company. <laughs> Madison, 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 dearest Madison, you can see that that wouldn't be very disruptive or agile even. How could you expect to be innovative if you couldn't disrupt the company by firing the CEO? Well, maybe I don't want to be disruptive. Madison, as a student at the Lillian Moeller Gilbreth School, how can you say that? You know what you've said about Dr. Yes, Gilbreth. she's my hero. She was a most disruptive person. And you know how she got to be a disruptive person? Uh-huh. By invading the way that men sold stuff to mothers. Yes. yes, exactly yes. Dr. Gilbreth knew that women made the decisions for households and that companies could disrupt the market if they made products that appealed to women rather than things for old men. So, Maddie. That should tell you what an agile board should do. I don't understand. Lillian Moeller Gilbert was successful because she saw value in decisions that most people didn't see. That was because she was a consultant. Well, 
She worked as a consultant, but her job was to convince managers and boards to do things they didn't think were good. She urged companies to make decisions that would disrupt the market, but would not disrupt the company. So why don't we make bylaws so the CEO can make any decision I want? I won't disrupt my company. I'm CEO. Mr. Skippy can explain. Mr. Skippy? The how we manage stuff office dog? Yes. Skippy, you stay there. Stay. Maddie, go around the corner to the hall. Okay. Oh, he's paying attention. Call Skippy and tell him you have a treat. Skippy! (laughs) Skip, skip, Skittles! (laughs) Skip, Skittles! (laughs) Good guess. So what happened? Well, Skippy ran, but he slipped and (laughs) hit the wall. And if he'd been slower or didn't run at all? No slip. And maybe you would have eaten the Skittles first. Uh Uh-huh. Fast, but not too fast. Get the treat as fast (laughs) as you can. But don't go so fast you get hurt. He's not hurt. But that's what we want out of the company watcher dogs. We want it to go as fast as it can, but not slip. We want it to be able to make quick decisions, but we don't want it to crash and hurt itself. Mm-hmm. As the policy person here, I'd like to point out that that gets us back to minority decisions. If we have to wait until everyone agrees on a plan, you may not get the treat. You'll miss the market. But the other side is moving too fast. If you allow a minority to move too quickly... You'll hit the wall. Or have your employees spend your money without getting anything in return? And bylaws are such terrible things to write. As soon as you allow minority decisions, you find that there are so many ways to misuse them, to allow money to go to all the wrong sorts of projects. That's why we don't even start governance, don't even start it until middle school. That is certainly true. But there is another policy aspect here which I feel it my duty to articulate for this episode. But you and I are in agreement on that. Governance is both structural and cultural. Both mechanical and ethical, as Herbert Simon Herbert would say. Herbert Simon? Hmm, that's a funny name. <laughs> some aspects of governance you want drafted in bylaws that the leadership will be forced to follow. And some things you want to be a part of the culture of the company. The way leadership acts, the way it thinks, the way it makes decisions, and splitting the two right. is hard. Instilling a common culture in an organization is no easier than getting everybody to support a common sports team. And mean it. But the opposite extreme is far worse. And it's not that uncommon. Don't you know? I've led many technical teams that have tried to write bylaws for their first start. And they play to their own weaknesses. Oh, no, it's their strengths. They simply want to codify everything. They write it all explicitly. Yeah, they tend to want to rule for everything. Which isn't the most agile. No, it is not. When will we have new bylaws? By the next episode? You first. (laughs) You're going to be her board chair. I think it proper for you to answer. We're going to let it evolve. Start with the foundation. Let new working governance evolve with every episode. Good! Yay! Can I start hiring? Because I need an operations officer and marketing plan. We need a marketing plan. Plus, we have to register our name. Watch your dog. I like Watch your dog. <laughs> I think she's yours, my friend. You're right about that. This is Vinny, the CTO for How We Manage Stuff. And Sullivan from PR. And? Oh, and can I say something, too? <laughs> and from the Lillian Moeller Gilbreth School for Disruptive Innovation in Mountain View, California, I am Penelope, the principal. Take care. This is me, Maddie. Bye. Uh, Say bye, Skip. Come on, Skip. You can do it, Skip. Oopsie. Subscribe to the podcast. Well, maybe he can't be my CDO after all. Subscribe to 
How We Manage Stuff through iTunes or Facebook or our website, HowWeManageStuff.com or LinkedIn or Google Play or wherever fine podcasts are sold. This is episode 17120 and is copyright 2016 by Jaggy LLC. All rights reserved. <gasps> Give me a look, Skip. <laughs>